The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everybody. This is the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. And my name is Joni Siegel. Thank you for listening today. We have another interview today, but before I get there, today's episode is episode number 320. We are in our seventh year of podcasting. And if you like our podcast, if you could give us a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure and subscribe, that way when people have a problem with addiction or have a loved one that has a problem with addiction, they find our podcast and hopefully they get some good messages like the recent interview we did with Dr. Tracy Strong. Strawberry. So please also check out our YouTube channel, subscribe and ring the bell so you're notified when we do new podcasts. And give, again, give us a thumbs up so that people will find us. Google likes people who get good ratings. So not that we want them to like us, we just want them to promote the podcast for people who need it. So today's interview is an interview with a lady named Ricky Friedman. Ricky, I can say this. Ricky Friedman is a motivational speaker, mentor, creator, and top 100 podcaster. Welcome to our world, who has transformed thousands of lives worldwide with her no BS approach and innovative ideas. Ricky helps people take steps forward with her walking podcast, Steps Forward with Ricky, daily social media content, and life-changing program, Walking Away from Weed, that has helped thousands overcome weed or marijuana addiction. Her no BS approach leaves you feeling empowered and ready to take steps forward in your life and in your business. So without further ado, I'm looking forward to talking to her. So let's talk to Ricky Friedman. Ricky Friedman, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast today and share your story with us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. So tell us, give us a little bit of your background. Where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Um, what got you into drugs? Um, I grew up in Michigan. I say I grew up in Detroit, but I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. It just sounds a lot cooler when I say Detroit. And I had a relatively normal childhood until I didn't, but really who has a relatively normal childhood? I um, grew up with a great family, older brothers, my dad. My mom was sick with cancer for most of my childhood. Uh, she got sick with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was eight years old, and mm -hmm. she ultimately died when I was 13. Oh when I say that I had a normal childhood, I mean it in the sense where I had a lot of support and we didn't struggle financially and very traditional family, but except for losing your mom at 13 and that's traumatic. Yeah, that's pretty traumatic. And not only is it traumatic, it's something that you're not able to process until years later. So the trauma doesn't even really hit you until it does hit you. And then you're like, where is this coming from? So I had a traumatic childhood. I also had a very lucky and fortunate childhood that I was able to not have to deal with a lot of things I think people have to deal with when they lose someone like that. Financial struggles, things like yeah. that. And so, you know, you sort of say like, I'm lucky, I'm lucky, I'm lucky. And if you say it enough, you feel lucky, but you don't realize all the trauma that just lives within your body and you just carry with you. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I, um, it's interesting because like when you say like, how did you get into drugs? Like, that's not really what it was for me at first. I don't even think of it really like that in general. Um, for me, it was just started with low self-esteem. 
And then it, it opened the door up to eating disorders. And then it opened the door up to my severe case of ADHD, which, you know, here's a pill. There goes your self-esteem. There goes anything that you thought you could do on your own. And then it just circ- and then it just circles between those things. And then you open the door to relationships and dependencies, weed. And so when I think of drugs, I just think of my internal pain and the things that I've tried to very much use to escape it. Um, but I always was using something. Right. A person, a place, a thing, always. And weed was the big thing for me. So we'll obviously get into that. Okay. So you were, you were diagnosed with ADHD at what age and taking meds for that? Eight years old. Okay. I, eight years old. Yeah. Did anybody ever look at the fact that, and I'm just saying this, and if it's not true, it's not true. Did anybody ever look at the fact that that here's an eight-year-old whose mother's just been diagnosed with a deadly disease and that might have something to do with ADHD? I don't know that a lot of people really looked at anything 20 years ago. So I think it maybe was overlooked. And I also think that I definitely have ADHD. Do I think that giving someone a pill at eight years old is the answer? No, but I think it may have been the answer then. With all the stress in my family, it was like, there's something we can take care of. Yeah. Yep. Um, for my self-esteem, not so great. Yeah. But, you know. Okay. So when did you discover weed? When did that become a thing? Mm-hmm. I think I started smoking like 24. Um okay. I was always doing something of some sort. I'm dabbling in something, but you know, I never really had a big issue with hardcore drugs. And for me, weed was, for me, a lot of the ways it was a release. I mean, it calmed me down. It really did though, because the research with ADHD, like it truly does calm you down. It levels out your dopamine and it gives you those hits that you're that high that you're looking for. And so I started when I was 24 and it was just whatever. And obviously it got progressively worse um, as the years went on, but it was a secret. Um, Never something I ever did with anybody except my, one of my best friends. We were like, that's what we did together. Okay. So we talk a lot today about how the weed, pot, marijuana, whatever we would like to call it of today is not the same as what I might've experienced in the seventies or eighties. Um, is, was that true when you started? Was it high levels of THC? I really honestly don't know. Um, I'm not like, for me, it was always just like this thing that I used that made me feel better in the moment. And all I cared about was the moment. And so, you know, I never really thought about what was in the weed or what was in it. It was like, it didn't matter to me. It was like, I'll, I just give it to me. Let me take it in so that I can feel okay and exist in my life. But that's not also how I looked at it either. I didn't look at it as something good or bad. I just looked at it as something that like is, and it was something that I used. And if I wasn't using that, I was using something else. Right. What made you decide to stop ultimately? Oh, well, I stopped about a hundred times before I stopped. Um, so I'll, I can tell you the story. This is this is really sort of like the unfolding it. So first and foremost, I've been I was a life coach for eleven years, and um, always in the self development space. I've built businesses. I have you know been on stages, and I've done all these different things. And for me, my life felt like I was living a double life. 
not just because of weed, but because of the pain that I was always in and because of the constant destructive circle that I was just like, it was like a hamster. Every time I took a step forward with my career or my life, I always ended up taking 10 steps backwards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point in your life, you have to zoom out and you have to be like, okay, I told myself that I was going to stop smoking when I was in a relationship, when I was this, when I was that, because I was a high functioning high. And that's a very important factor because a lot of people think that it's okay because they're a high functioning high. They're not high functioning. They're literally just high, but they are functioning because they're getting things done. And that's the, that's the misconception. That's like kind of the mind game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 2021, my was in a relationship with someone that I love, but I knew he wasn't the one. I was making money. I was doing well. And I thought, why am I still smoking? Because to me, I was like, when I'm not lonely, I'll stop smoking. That was the story. Like, we all have a story. So I'm like, okay, the, the loneliness, that's why. I smoke because I'm lonely. And when you hold on to a story, you're like, all right, this is the time now. And I remember being like, but I'm not lonely. Hmm. I'm not lonely. And I'm sitting in my car at 7 a.m. And I'm getting high for six hours. And nobody knows. I was literally living a double life. The amount of shame and guilt that I had had, that I had thought, like, if if this is it, this can't be it. Sometimes. The hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Cammie Wolf-Rice is a mother, an advocate, an author, and an agent for change. She has had the unfortunate personal experience of dealing with the dangers of opioid misuse through the death of her son, Christopher, who battled this from childhood to his passing. But Cammie has transferred her pain into a strong purpose. She has made it her mission to raise awareness about the opioid epidemic and alternative pain management strategies. Cammie does this by raising awareness of opioids affecting our nation through her nonprofit, her speaking events and podcast appearances, journal publications, and now her book, The Flight. As you can imagine, losing a child is an experience beyond this world. In The Flight, Cammie goes beyond this world to explain the loss of Christopher. We know Cammie. We know her story. We recommend the book. Available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And I remember thinking, because whenever I would smoke, I always felt, I always could see my, like, and this is going to sound like pun intended, like I could feel my higher self, not the higher that I was high, but like, it was like all of a sudden I had this confidence and this is how people feel. This is why they keep smoking is that they feel better. They're like, I'm this, I'm that, I can do this, I can do that. And it's a real feeling, not a real reality, but it's a real feeling. And so I remember thinking like, I looked around my life and I was like, I'm 33 years old. This is 2021. I had just started a podcast, my podcast, a month prior. I remember I woke up, I looked around, and I went to my lake house. 
I sat on the deck and I started to cry. And I literally looked at the sky and I was like, you have to help me, mom. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I remember just getting this feeling that it was just like, you have to walk away from weed. Everything will change if you just walk away from weed. And I've had that thought before, but it almost felt like if you don't, you got you get nothing. And I zoomed out and I was just like, wow, I've been smoking for 15 years almost. Oh my God. Like people don't realize, like they don't look and be like, wait, well, I've been doing this for so long. And I woke up the next day and I walked away cold turkey. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and two days later I relapsed. And then I had a panic attack and I was like, I'm done. And then after two weeks, I told my ex-boyfriend, he's my boyfriend at the time, we ended up breaking up the next day, irrelevant to smoking. And then two weeks later, I got fired for my marketing job. And I remember I'd never felt more free. Hmm. I was like, wow, I made a decision and the universe took care of the rest. And I was ready to move forward. So you have to be ready. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So did you suffer any like uh, physical issues with stopping or like, was there any sort of withdrawal? So there is a lot of withdrawals with weed. I mean, I personally, I was the first week was really tough for me. Um, I was really anxious. I was really like, I remember like I was sweating a lot. Like there were physical withdrawals Okay. and some people had them worse than others. You know, I am a very healthy person. So I think that I also like got through it faster, but I also prepared myself. So I did about like, when I walked away that day, I had spent the like first, the like the previous month researching dopamine and the brain and how trauma works and how the nervous system works and what happens when you do this. So like, I almost think that I like went into this process very prepared and took care of myself very well, knowing that this could happen, this could happen. So my withdrawals really weren't that bad, but I wasn't able to like sit still. My brain was like going a mile a minute. I mean, my body was like getting out of survivor mode. And right. that's, what you're, that's what you're in. You're just surviving. So I just told myself that nothing matters the first 30 days. Anything goes. I'm not going to think about anything that I think or feel. It doesn't matter. After 30 days, we'll reevaluate. Um, so yes and no, but a lot, a lot of my clients do. Okay. But then you, you relapsed after a week and then, and then that was oh, it, right? Two days. two days. Sorry. You relapsed after two days, but then that was it. Like you haven't relapsed yeah. since then, right? No, no, I'll never smoke again. I got it. Now you were already doing a podcast, right? I started. Yes. So this is, so this is what makes this interesting. Okay. Let me, let me just lay this out for you. Cause I think this is really important for people to understand. I started a podcast because my life was literally in shambles. Okay. And I was like, what, who am I? You know, you just feel like there's like more and you're like, what's more? I don't know. I started a podcast. I was in a relationship. I was getting high all day. I was misaligned in my work. I just felt like I had nowhere to say my truth. I'm a, I'm a very candid out there person, but I felt very like I was living a double life. And so I was like, I went on a walk one day and I was just like, I'm going to start a podcast. It was very weird. It was very random. And it was the first time that I was like in touch with my intuition. It was, and I happened to have not been high that day. And I went on Instagram and literally this person popped up in my feed and was like, I just opened a studio in Michigan. I lived in Michigan at the time. And yeah, we're going to ask. No, go ahead. So I uh, called this guy. 
I knew him randomly and I was like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. Um, I hired him and started a podcast the next day. Didn't have a name or anything. And then I figured out like steps was called steps forward for key. Cause I needed to take steps forward. And, um, yeah, I started a podcast and I did that for about a month. And then I started to feel very anxious and ashamed because I had this secret. Mm. And I was like, you can't build a podcast on honesty and be dishonest. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. That was a cat. That was a huge push, huge thing for me. Um, so yeah, that really pushed me to, to tell the truth. But it makes sense. That's what kind of why I asked because you're yeah. you're podcasting and you're obviously you know reaching out to people. But then, as you say, you have the secret that you're not really telling anybody. So you then, when you when you walked away from weed, you I'm assuming you talked about that on your podcast. Yeah, you know it's funny though. Um, I talked about a lot of I I had ten episodes, ten twelve episodes. The twelfth episode is when I walked away from weed. But it's funny because episode four is called walking away from weed. Oh. Episode 12 is called finally walking away from weed. Ah. Episode four was the first time in my whole life that I even talked about sort of having a problem, sort of having a problem. I was not, I told, I was very open. I was like, I'm not saying that I don't smoke anymore. I'm just saying that like, this is, this has to be a thing, right? Does anyone else feel this way? Speaking from like a very, like, I'm still in its like state of mind. And then I did walk away and then it was like, okay, I walked away. So there was like, I was always open and honest, but a lot of my first five or eight podcasts were speaking from the past because I couldn't deal with my present. Mm. So once I walked away from weed, the podcast changed. It was my real present life, my heartbreak, my addiction, all the things that were like real instead of going to the past. If, you're, if your present is hiding, you're always going to be talking about the past. That's a, that's a good point. What kind of feedback did you get on your podcast when you, when it changed? Um, well, there's like a lot of elements to it, but, um, my pod, it, people were just the relatability, just like, what? Like, honestly, anything that I talk, anything I talk about in my podcast, it's just very raw, but you know, the, the relatability of like, Hey, you do this too? Like, oh, wait, you get high 18 times a day. Or wait, like you're in a relationship that's good, but not great. Like you don't like your life. Like just be people feeling like they're not crazy. Right. Well, maybe a little crazy, but. Well, the reason why I asked that was because, you know, we, the, one of the only times we get any sort of flack on this podcast is when we, state an opinion that is not in favor of legalization of marijuana and long-term use of marijuana. And, you know, we get flack on that. And um, there are a lot of people who don't believe that it's addictive. And so that's why I was kind of wondering what kind of feedback you got. Like, did you get any, any negative back at you? Like, 
you know, how oh. could you say this weed is great? No, I, I mean, I get trolled all day. Okay. But I don't care. And also okay. like weed is addictive. So like anyone that says weed is not addictive, like just truly doesn't understand the body and that's okay. But like, it's obviously addictive. Anything you can withdraw from is addictive. If Adderall is addictive, weed's addictive. If chocolate's addictive, right? Like that's just, I just feel like that's common sense. Yeah. Um, maybe not. And I'm not against weed. I'm not against weed at all. I'm really not. I think every, I'm not against, like I'm not against alcohol. Like I think that it's only and will always be about who you are and why you're using it. It's a good point. I, I, I agree with your point and we don't care when we get attacked for it either. It doesn't matter. Um, I think, I think unfortunately with any drug, whether it's alcohol or, or weed or, you know, even sometimes people with sugar, like, can you, can you do it in a small amount and then stop? And if you can't, then, well, then it, then it kind of gets out of control. So your current podcast, is it, is it, what, what is your current podcast and what do you talk about on that one? Um, well, it's the same podcast. Okay. It's just like, um, so I, so to go back to your point, I just wanted to touch on this really quickly yep. about the weed thing. A lot of people are also in a lot of denial because to them, it is a better choice to them. It does help them. And so when I say something that's like, Hey, if you get high all day, that's not normal. They feel like I am taking away the only thing that makes them feel safe. And so I get that. It's no different than the way that I feel right now about, I take ADHD medicine. Do you think that I don't know that that is not the best thing for me? But I'm okay with somebody saying, hey, there may be a better way because I know that. Doesn't mean I'm ready to walk away from it, but it's just about saying to someone like, this is the truth. Do whatever you want with it. There's no right way to handle the truth. Just know the truth and make a decision. And so, you know, for me, actually at all, like the podcast was kind of like just a place where I just, podcast is like, I say whatever I want. There's mm -hmm. no, um, I don't, I've never planned a podcast episode. I've never, I literally just turn the mic on and I just talk. Um, it's really just about my life. Like I, I cry on my podcast. I do all, like, it's just, it's my space. Um, and really like the walking away from weed stuff is like that really started on TikTok um, more so, but yeah, it's a controversial topic and it doesn't need to be because just like anything else, there's always a negative and a positive. Mm -hmm. It's, yep. it's just a very interesting space. Agreed. Definitely. So What's your, what are you doing now in addition to your podcast? Cause you've written books, right? Oh my God. No, but we can manifest oh, that. If but you should. Like. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> I've not written books, but I but, appreciate that. Okay. So, um, you do a lot on social media then. Some would say, um, <laughs> some would I'm sure say you do more than me. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sometimes I wish that I just could like, I mean, I could disconnect a little bit, but um, yeah. So I am a full-time content creator. My podcast, um, I do, I do like business mentoring, consulting, but I also have a program called Walking Away from Weed. I've helped thousands of people walk away from weed addiction in the last year. Awesome, all over the world, and it's yeah. So I basically create programs out of my own experiences. 
that allow people to take steps forward in their life and evolve in their life, their businesses. Um, I don't like to preface it as a, an addiction program. Okay. Because I don't believe that everyone's an addict. I don't, I think a lot of people are in a lot of pain and they're very uneducated about how their body and their brain works. And if they did know, sorry, like my whole thing was about to fall down. Oh. Um, <laughs> imagine. So it's walking away from weed is the program, but I always like to say that it's not a weed journey. It's a journey of transformation. What does the program day. consist of Ricky? Um, well, it consists of, it's three days only. Um, well, it, it was three days. I would run it live every month and I teach people how to break the destructive loop that they're stuck in. So I get them to understand why they feel or crave. And I get them to understand like the connection between their body and their nervous system and the dopamine and what signal is sending to their brain. I teach them how to feel safe internally to reconnect to safety. Cause that's usually why people are doing things. And I explain to them the science behind what they're doing, but also allow them to start to reframe and reprogram the way they speak to themselves about the high that they're chasing or whatever it is that they want. Ultimately, the whole program is based on like moving forward. So it's like, we don't want to stay in the weed story. We don't want to identify with it. Like we're moving forward. Here's why you do it. Um, and giving them those actual tools. It's very simple and straightforward. Very cool. I like it. And what, um, how do people find the program? Is it, is there a website? Um, I'm actually working on the website right now. So funny enough, I really never had anything for it. I just, okay. <laughs> just people would be reaching out and, and whatnot. How do but, they reach um, out to you then? Um, so you can, you can follow me on Instagram, follow me on TikTok. I am Ricky Friedman. I am, I am, yeah, I am Ricky Friedman. And, um, there will be a website up by the time this is out. So they just go to my link, my bio, or they can DM me. Um, okay. And just for the listeners, Ricky is R-I-C-K-I-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. There. Yes. Also, I totally, it's I am Ricky N. Friedman. My middle name is Nicole. I was like, I feel like I'm missing a letter in that one. Okay. N. Okay. I am Ricky N. Friedman. Okay. And that's on like TikTok, I, Instagram, all of it. Yes. And my Perfect. podcast is a great place to start. And, we're, really, and how do the, and what's the name of your podcast? Uh, Steps Forward with Steps Ricky. Forward. Okay. It's a walking podcast, so you have to walk as you listen. Oh, very cool. I like that. Yeah. 20 minute episodes, no excuse. <laughs> Anybody can walk for 20 minutes. Really? I like it. Okay. Awesome. If you had one like positive inspirational message to give to our listeners, and we know that we have people in recovery possibly people who are still addicted, definitely friends and family of people who are addicted and also people who just don't know anything. But if you had one positive message that you wanted to throw out there, what would it be? You can always change your life. Like you really can. Even when you've tried 1 million times, even if you fell off track today or yesterday or your family doesn't believe in you or you did something that's really making you feel bad. I truly believe you can always change your life. And I do also believe that sometimes it's just that one thing. So what's the one thing for you? It could be big. It could be small. The universe will open all the doors, but you have to walk through it. And so you can always change your life. You have to open your own door. 
And once you open a door, the universe will open the rest for you. But just know that like, just because you've tried a million times doesn't mean that on the millionth one time that you won't be able to do it. Great. I love that. Thank you for talking to us today, Ricky. I think you're doing a great job out there, getting the word out and putting it out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening today. I think Ricky's interview was different than any other kind of interview we've had. And I hope that some of what she said to you is valuable. I think her story is valuable. And I think her whole outlook on life is definitely valuable. Her podcast is called Steps Forward with Ricky. Ricky is R-I-C-K-I. And on social media, she is I am Ricky Friedman. So Ricky is R-I-C-K-I-F, like Frank, R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Thank you again for listening. We will be back with another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.